Welcome to the Apostolic Keynote Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church. This message is by Colin Urquhart. It is for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Hallelujah. Look down at the second part of verse 6. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love, which has always been the, the, the kind of motto of kingdom faith, faith working through love. And then if you look down at verse 13, you, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another in love. Now, when you come in here in the mornings, as you did this morning, a few minutes before eight, most of you, and just hear the volume of praise, that's a sign of the freedom that God has been bringing into your lives. It was like a blast this morning, just before eight o'clock. And... uh, it's not, it's not the volume that matters, of course, although, of course, in heaven, all the worship is with loud voices because there is no bondage in heaven. Everybody is free to express their praise for God in the most glorious way. I want you to consider for a few moments what God has already done in your life to set you free, to bring you to this point of freedom, but also for us to see how he wants to bring us into a place of even greater freedom. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so he he wants us to live in the glorious freedom, liberty of the sons of God. Now, We've had a lot of focus in the last few weeks on the blood of Jesus. And we know that the sacrifice of Jesus' blood on the cross has the power to set people free completely from absolutely every negative in their lives. No bondage need persist if people believe in the power of the blood. The fact that so many Christians live with a kind of spirit of heaviness instead of a spirit of praise is because they have not appropriated the complete freedom that Jesus has made possible for us through the blood. And we know that to continue to live in freedom, we continue to take hold of that blood over our lives every day. I have this morning, I expect most of you have this morning, Because that blood cleanses us in spirit, soul, and body from everything that is negative. So when we wash ourselves afresh with that blood, as you know, we're made holy, we're made perfect in the sight of God, we're made totally acceptable to him, just as acceptable as Jesus himself. So that's one of the main reasons why you can be as free as you are now. Of course, we want to maintain that freedom, so we continue to trust 
in the power of the blood of Jesus. Then, of course, God has been increasingly pouring his Holy Spirit into our lives, releasing the power of the Holy Spirit. You remember how we've seen that everything in the heavenly places is ours. God has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, how we download those blessings into our spirit and how God then wants that life of, of his spirit in our spirits to flow, overflow into our soul life and out of our bodies as rivers of living water. So the more we submit ourselves to him, surrender ourselves to him, the more we are able to receive that flow of the Spirit continuously in our lives. You know the principle of Scripture that uh, the measure you give is the measure you get back. But what God gives is that good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over those, all those riches and resources. And of course, the more we live in the power of the Spirit, the greater the freedom we have. The greater the freedom we have to love God, to love others, to witness to him, to minister to others. He gives us freedom because that Spirit gives us confidence. Confidence to actually see the outworking of God's will in our lives. So this freedom is the work of, of the blood and the spirit. But what we see is that we now have the freedom for you to do as you do each morning to come right before the throne of God and meet with him in his holiness and in his glory, in his majesty. That's why we don't need songs or the band or, or anything to do that, because we recognize that we have the access right to the throne of God to meet with God. And of course, the more you continue to meet with him, the greater the freedom in your life. So <clears throat> another aspect of this freedom, you see, is the freedom to relate to the Father, to the Son, to the Holy Spirit. Our fellowship is with the Father and the Son. Our fellowship is with the Father and the Son. And you all know the words that Paul speaks at the end of 2 Corinthians. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us always. Now, fellowship, as you know, means the sharing of life. So we, sh we are free to share the life of the Father. We're free to share the life of the Son. We're free to share in the life of the Holy Spirit. The whole Trinity of God, we are in fellowship with him. That's freedom. And of course, uh, you are understanding now that the most important aspect of prayer is to have fellowship with God. All the other kinds of prayer, the intercession and so on and, and spiritual warfare and everything ever come out of our relationship with God, our unity with him and our ability therefore to see his life, his love, his power flowing through our lives, his authority. So this freedom 
has given us access to the throne of God. But you see in those scriptures that we just read, if we read the whole passage, you would see it's even more so, that Paul links freedom with faith. Because Jesus has won this freedom for us, we are learning to take advantage of that freedom, to live in that freedom, not just to experience that freedom when we worship and pray, but to experience that freedom in our relationships, freedom in, in the way in which we live every day, freedom from the things that are not the will and the purpose of God, that would undermine his will and purpose. We are free from all those things, as we'll see in a moment. So God has actually equipped us to be a people of faith who live in freedom. So you continue to exercise that freedom or to experience that freedom as you exercise your faith. And therefore, God's call upon our lives, upon the life of every Christian, is to walk by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, Jesus died for this freedom. And God wants to be pleased. He wants to be blessed by the way in which he sees us living in that freedom. Therefore, of course, he is blessed when we walk by faith. Now, when we walk by faith, we walk by trust in him. So that means we are living in trust in that freedom that he has for us. What does that mean? It means it doesn't matter what situation you are in, what challenges you have to face, you know God's will for you in that situation is freedom. And that as you exercise your faith, you will experience freedom in that area of your life. It doesn't matter what area we're talking about. Um, you know, Christians can suffer from depression if they don't exercise their faith. But you see, if you exercise your faith when the enemy tries to oppress, you will not end up in depression. Are you understanding me? Why? Because depression, oppression, is the very opposite of freedom. And what God wants to do is to set people free. He gives us a spirit of praise instead of a spirit of despair. You can see how many negative things the enemy tries to put upon people's lives. Because everything about the enemy is negative. And we know everything about God and everything about his kingdom is positive. So if we're living in freedom, it's because we're actually expressing the life of God's kingdom that is within us. So, you know, if, if, if you're ever in a challenging situation, you don't have to ask yourself, is it God's purpose to set me free or for me to live in freedom in this situation? You know it is. That's your starting point. You see, you can never pray with faith if you don't know what the will of God is. So if a person is doubting that God wants them to live in freedom, then, of course, they won't be able to pray with faith. But if we know and we understand God's purpose for my life, no matter what the situation is to live in freedom, 
then, of course, we can pray with faith. We can take hold of whether it's the blood, whether it's the spirit, whether it's a combination of the two, whatever else God has provided for us as those who belong to the kingdom. We take hold of those riches, those resources, and the freedom actually comes into our lives. We express that freedom. Fear is the very opposite of freedom because fear restricts. Fear seeks to restrain and contain you. We're talking a lot, aren't we, this year about breakout. Well, you see, only a free people can break out. The enemy always wants to try to hinder people or to prevent them from breaking out. But God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, of right thinking. So if we are thinking right, then we're thinking freedom. We're not thinking fear. Now, you see, this is where we have this difference that goes on in our lives between the spirit and the soul, your self-life, your natural life. Because there are many situations where your natural inclination will be to fear for one reason or another, depending on the kind of person you are. I was a very fearful person as I was young, and there are still situations where my natural inclination is to fear. But that's when you have to kick in with your faith. Say, no, no, no. I am not a child of fear. I'm a child of faith. Amen? I'm not going to be restricted by fear or by any other work of the enemy. I am free in the Spirit of God and through the blood of Jesus Christ in this particular situation. But you see, that's the exercise of your faith. If you don't exercise the faith, then you're left with those feelings of fear. Fear hinders you from actually acting on the Word of God. Now, you can take that to extremes, really, when you think in terms of what it means to surrender our lives to God. Those of you, the students here, you you have been coming to a greater and greater surrender of your lives to him, which is why there is so much freedom in your lives now. But you see, there is always the fear, isn't there? What is it going to mean? to surrender my life to God more fully? What's he going to do with me if I really place my life in his hands? There can be a natural fear, a natural reluctance, because there's always that desire of the soul, of your self-life, to want to maintain control. So what is going to happen if I really pass over the control of my life to Jesus? Well, the answer to that, of course, is everything good is going to happen. Because Jesus will never inflict anything bad on you. It's never his purpose to do that. He took everything that is bad for you upon himself on the cross so that now you can have everything that is good for you. And if it's good for you, then it'll be good for others. And God can bless others through, what, through the good things that he, he pours into your life. So even though sometimes... There's that natural reluctance of the flesh to yield to God, to give to God. 
That is simply the flesh, aided and abetted by the enemy, because he always appeals to the flesh, doesn't he? Never to the spirit, because he knows he's defeated by the spirit. So we don't listen to the flesh. So Paul says, you are called to be free. It is for freedom Christ has set us free. Now your calling upon your life is to live in that freedom. See, that's his will. That's his call on your life. But do not use your freedom to indulge your flesh, your self-life. The NIV says sinful nature. It's not a very good translation. Don't, Don't use your freedom or don't misuse your freedom. To be free doesn't mean you're free to do what you want. It means you're free to do what Jesus wants. And that's the whole purpose of freedom. And so what you're discovering, I think this is the point to which God has been bringing us so far this term, is that Jesus has actually set you free from yourself. And that is the biggest victory that you'll ever need in your life. It's not victory over the enemy, it's victory over yourself. Because if you have victory over that self-life, then God will be able to flow through your life in the way that he desires, and you will be able to overcome the enemy and anything and everything else that comes against you. Hallelujah. So what... um, Paul is really saying to these Galatians is don't indulge that flesh life. Don't think that your freedom means that your freedom just to do anything that you want. No, you're free now to do what he wants. And you're empowered to do what he wants because the blood has cleansed you from every negative and the Holy Spirit supplies you with the anointing for whatever it is God calls you to accomplish. He never asks you to obey him in your own strength, but always and only through the power of the Holy Spirit. Did somebody say amen? Amen. So we are men and women of the Spirit, not of the flesh, but of the Spirit. That battle between spirit and flesh, sadly to say, will always be with us until we go to glory. When you go to heaven, you can enjoy the Lord without the world, the flesh, and the devil. So that will be good. (laughs) No wonder Paul said, you know, I long to go to be with the Lord. But if it's his will for me to stay with you a little bit longer, I'll stay with you a little bit longer. To paraphrase what he's saying. Uh, Yes, it'll be wonderful to be released into the glory of heaven, but God has got much for us to do here on earth first. And, of course, he saved us not to go to heaven, but to do his will on earth and then to go to heaven. So we are free to do the will of God. Amen? Now, that's very important. Some of you, the third term, especially those of you in the second year, you're beginning to ask yourselves, okay, what's the will of God for me next? Well... God doesn't reveal his will until you're free to do it. 
This is, this is his wisdom, you see. If you, if you put yourself in God's position, you wouldn't want to tell somebody to do something if, if, you, knew that, if you knew they couldn't do it. That would be just to put them in bondage, really. It would be to put them in law. No, you would speak to people, tell them what to do, because you knew they could do it if their trust was in you. If they trusted the blood, if they trusted in the spirit, you know they are able to do it. Mm -hmm. So we don't have to sit around wondering what is next. We don't even have to pray, oh, Lord, Lord, show me what I should be doing. No, no. God is in charge. He knows the timetable for your life, not just the Rafi timetable. He knows, he knows the timetable for your life. He knows what he has to do in you in order for you to be able to fulfill the plan and purpose that he has for your life. And sometimes when the Lord speaks, your immediate reaction is, wow, that's impossible. And yet at the same time, you know that it may seem impossible in the natural, but it's something you not only have to do, you know you're going to do it because you know that the Lord is providing all that is necessary for you to be able to do it. And you see, that's the wisdom of God. He knows when to speak. He knows how to speak. He knows when to command us to do whatever he commands us to do. You see this, of course, in the way that Jesus uh, deals with the disciples, how he saved a whole lot of things up until the Last Supper because he knew that they would be incapable of doing those things before the anointing of the Holy Spirit came upon them. So this was his last occasion, really, to have a lengthy teaching session with them. And so he was making all kinds of statements and promises about what they would be doing in the future because he was going to the cross and his blood would be shed to deal with every negative and because then the Holy Spirit would come upon them and God would fill their lives with every positive. So then they would be able to fulfill his will. I don't suppose they understood everything that Jesus was saying at the time he spoke it at the Last Supper. But once the cross had taken place and once they'd been filled with the Spirit, then they understood. They not only understood, but they could put it into practice. Now, this is the importance of teaching. And this is why you have made such advances while you've been here at the college during the last few months. And why those of you that are coming for uh, the open day, why you need to come to the college. It's not whether you want to or not, you need to. Uh, the the reason, reason for this is, <clears throat> you see, you cannot put the word of God into practice until you understand, until you understand it, until you understand what God is saying. Now, this is the par place of reason in your life. Now, many Christians and nearly everybody in the world 
totally misuses their reason. They exalt their reason, their ability to think and to understand, above the revelation of the word of God. So they do what they think is right, but not necessarily what God is saying is right. So there's lots of people that they live by their reason, especially very clever people, you know, think they don't need God because they're so clever themselves. They can work everything out for themselves. Not true, of course, but that's how they think. Now, uh, what is the proper place then of your mind? Well, Paul says, let your mind be renewed so you know the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. Now, what does that mean? It means that when God gives us revelation by the Spirit, he speaks to us, he speaks to our spirit, he speaks to your heart, then the mind has to understand the implications of what he's saying so that that revelation can be turned into action. Now that is the purpose of the mind. And that is why we not only have the scriptures... You know, you, you, you find some people, some super spiritual people say, I don't need anybody to preach for me, I have the word of God. Well, that would be fine if they had a perfect understanding of the word of God. But the reason why we need preachers and teachers and why um, teacher is, is one of the fivefold ministries is because the teaching of the word gives us understanding of the revelation of the truth that God has given us in scripture so that then, with that understanding, we can act upon that word. Without understanding, people don't act on it. They read it, they might agree with it, they might say, yeah, well, it's the word of God, so it must be true, but it doesn't impact their lives. It doesn't bear any practical fruit in their lives. So it's very important for us to have understanding of the word of God. Now, I don't mean that you turn to the book of Revelation and try to work out when Jesus is coming again. That, that is a total waste of your time, let me tell you. Because Jesus will come again when God the Father tells him to come again. And Jesus said not even he knows what that time is going to be. And if Jesus doesn't know that, I'm quite sure you won't either. And so many people have, have you know prophesied and predicted when Jesus will come again and here we are today and he hasn't yet come again. <laughs> so they've all been wrong and, and anybody else who tries to predict that will also be wrong. Why? Because the scripture says it will happen suddenly. It will ha- happen suddenly when people le- probably least expect it. Suddenly he will come. And what the scripture says is we should always live so that we're ready for the suddenly. So if it did happen today, we'd be ready today. Amen? Because when it does happen, there'll be no, no time for anything else, no time for change, no time for repentance, no time to wish that you'd, you'd serve the Lord more, more um, obediently or fully. That will be it. Because when he comes again, it'll be a time of glory, but it'll also be the time of judgment. So we, we're not going to waste time trying to understand what God doesn't want us to understand. 
What is important is to understand the revelation of the truth that he gives us now. You know, as I travel around, people often ask me questions about... I was asked... Only yesterday I was doing an interview yesterday morning, and this is one of the questions, you know, about the book of Revelation. Well, I don't understand the book of Revelation, and I've never met anybody who does. So, <laughs> what's the point? When I came to do the, uh, the study version of, of the truth, I was actually dreading having to do the footnotes for, uh, for the book of Revelation, simply because there are so many different interpretations. So, you know, what I said is, well, some believe this and some believe that. Uh, and somebody came up to me the other day and said, oh, thank you so much for your notes on the book of Revelation. They've completely transformed my life. And I thought, dear Lord, nothing is impossible for you. <laughs> How on earth that happened, I just do not understand. But you see, that's, God is able to do things beyond our understanding. But you see, what is important is we hear God speak today and we understand what he says today so that then we can translate that into action. And that when he brings fresh revelation to you tomorrow, you understand what he's saying to you tomorrow so that then you can put it into action. See, there's no point in God speaking to us if it's not going to result in action, if it's not going to result in fruit. So it's very, very important for for the body of Christ, for all of us who belong to the body of Christ, to be taught the word of God, constantly taught the word of God, taught the word of God, taught the word of God. There are many ways we can do that, of course. Um, what should be happening in churches on Sundays is, is one of those things. But, of course, the time you have to teach people then is severely limited. There are other study groups people can get on the Internet. But, you see, that... That is dangerous because there's so much wrong teaching and bad teaching on the internet. And if people don't already have understanding, then they're likely to get deceived rather than be given the true understanding. So the only answer is to come to Bible college. <laughs> and the only Bible college that you want to go to is Rafi. But, I mean, that is so obvious, it hardly needs stating. Uh, hallelujah. But one thing I can assure those of you who are visiting today the only thing you will ever be taught here is the truth. And Jesus says, if you know the truth, you will be my disciples, and the truth will set you free. And that's what we're talking about this morning, freedom. You see, Jesus has done everything through his blood to set us free from the negative. He supplied everything positive through the Holy Spirit. So how do we walk in freedom through his word? Every day we listen to his word. Why? Faith comes from hearing his word. So every day the Lord, the Holy Spirit, takes that faith, declares it to us, gives us revelation. Revelation is simply hearing God. The word of God becomes the voice of God to you. And, and then, of course, he will give you understanding. So it says in the book of Proverbs, get understanding even if it costs you everything you have, get understanding. So it may cost some of you everything you have and, so, and a lot that you don't have yet financially to come to Rafi, but here you'll get understanding 
of the will of God and of the purpose of God, which will then, of course, mark your life for the rest of your life. So, praise God. Hallelujah. Pastor Judith, that you're going to be listening to this, this week, she came as a student here and was part of the team here for some time and then had a, a wonderful international teaching ministry before she was led by God to plant the church in Taunton, King of Faith Southwest. So, you know, you never know what God's going to do with you once you start as a student because all over the world, all over the world, there are people that have got really significant anointed ministries because God gave them understanding of his will and purpose and how they could live in freedom to do the will of God. And that's it, you see. Jesus has set us free. It is for freedom he has set us free. He's called us to be free. But what matters to him, what will glorify him above every, everything else, is that we are free to do his will. So he wants us to be in the place where we hear what he's saying, we understand the implications of what he's saying, we can translate what he's saying into action, and so then do the will of God. John, the great apostle, he really understood this. And um, one of the things we do here in the first year is we study in, in detail the Gospel of John. And in the first two terms, the first-year students have been doing that. Then this term, we study the first letter of John, which we will be beginning uh, next week. And uh, that, that letter... is how to put the teaching that Jesus gives in the gospel into action. And you see, what, what happened is John, who was the closest to Jesus, understood Jesus better than any of the other, well, anybody else, really, during the days of his humanity. He heard the revelation all that Jesus said. He was one of those that was at the Last Supper. He was at the right hand of Jesus, the closest to him. You remember, it was he that put his head on the chest of Jesus when Peter said to John, ask him who he meant, when Jesus said, one, one of you is going to betray me. All the other disciples knew that Jesus would tell John things that he wouldn't necessarily tell other people. John had his ear, his confidence. So... <clears throat> John received all this revelation. But then he received the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost together with the uh, uh, other 119 who were in that room. And then he began, you see, to have understanding of all that Jesus had been saying. How then to put the commands he gave at the Last Supper into action. And so that's a, it's a, it's a very faith-building book, the first letter of John. It's also a challenging book because it shows you you can't be super spiritual and, and think that you're spiritual just because you know the word of God or you've studied the word of God. 
that spiritual people are those who do the word of God. Spiritual people are those who put the word of God into action. So it's like John gives you the revelation, and then the first letter of John shows you this is how you put this revelation into action. Because it's only when you put revelation into action that it produces fruit. And Jesus said, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So receiving the revelation doesn't glorify the Lord. It's only understanding it, acting upon it, that bears the fruit. And that glorifies the Lord. So here at the college, we're always concerned, not only that people hear revelation, but they're putting it into action. And one of the good things about being a residential college is that it's much easier to do that. I've spoken at Bible colleges all over the world. Most of them, many of them, are not necessarily residential colleges. People can come to lectures, they can receive information and knowledge, and they go away again. But there's not necessarily any incentive for them to actually put into practice what they're hearing. But when, when we're here together and you have someone to disciple you, to mentor you, and there are groups where we work out our understanding and application of the word of God, then that's how you really grow in the spirit. That's how you become fruitful. That's how God prepares you for whatever kind of ministry you have in the future. So, you know, this is the first step, just coming to an open day for some of you, for a life that's going to be exciting in the coming years. Because it's always exciting to serve Jesus. You know, I still, every time I, <clears throat> I get off on a, a, a new ministry trip, you never know what's going to happen. You never know the exciting things that are going to happen. Sometimes the unexpected things that are going to happen. Like for the last few days, I've been living in a castle. Now, <laughs> not every trip do I live in a castle. But, uh, and, and the owner of the castle has just a, simply a wonderful, wonderful testimony. He was, um, he was a drug addict. Uh, obviously, he came from a family, a wealthy family that inherited this, this castle has been in the family for uh, 170-odd years. But, but the, uh, <clears throat> he was a drug addict. He got into crime and trouble with the police for, to support his habit and so on. His life was a total utter mess. And when he, um, when he uh, was in trouble with the police, of course, he had a solicitor who happened to be a lady, who happened to be a Christian. And this, this man, I mean, he was bad news. He was really, really bad news. But this woman began to pray for him. And uh, with one of her friends, they began to agree in, a prayer, in, in prayer for this man. Over a period, I think, of uh, two or three years, they were praying, they were determined that this man should be set free. And, uh, and, and, you know, his life turned around. And um, so, <clears throat> eventually, the penny dropped. And there came the day when that prayer was answered, and he gave his life to Jesus, and immediately, he was delivered from all the drugs, from the alcohol, from everything. Immediately, he was just totally transformed. And the good thing is that he ended up by marrying the solicitor who had represented him. 
and they have uh, children and this castle and uh, a really upmarket restaurant which we were forced to participate in when we arrived on the first evening we had to have a meal in this wonderful restaurant so you know you never know what's going to happen to you but God always wants the best let me tell you this God will never give you anything less than the best because everything he does reflects his nature so everything he does is good for his children, yes? And, and he gives you the best. So he wants us to have the best, not just in terms of living for a few days in a castle or going to a restaurant, but he wants the best, and the best for your life is freedom. That's why Jesus died, for your freedom. Hallelujah. And he wants that freedom to increase and to keep increasing. So we're free and freer and freer and freer in our worship, but you also are getting freer in your witness, freer in your discipleship, freer in in the person that you are. And that's because he has set you free from the person you used to be. Hallelujah. Come on, let's all stand. Come into the middle. And let's praise the Lord for everything he's done for our freedom. Come on, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. It is for freedom. Christ has set us free. Praise you, Jesus. Oh, we bless you, Lord. Yes, 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 yes. Papa para sandari lero bakala sita di sandari. Oh, papa para sandari lero bakala sita di sandari lero bakala sita di sandari. Oh, papa para sandari lero bakala sita di sandari. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Papa para sandari lero bakala sita di sandari. Freedom from guilt, freedom from fear, oh, freedom from oppression, freedom from sickness. Come on, let's praise him for the freedom of the blood. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Oh, papara sandaria lero bakalasinama. Lord, we praise you. We bless you. Papara sandaria lero bakalasitari sandama. Oh, papara sandaria lero bakalasitari sandama. Oh, papara sandaria lero bakalasinama. Yes, 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 yes. Papara sandaria lero bakalasinama. Lord, we want to see that freedom expressed more and more in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for all the, the setting free from the things of self that have hindered us.
that Lord, we, we, we know, not only know what it is now, but we actually want to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow after you. So we thank you and we praise you. We bless you, Jesus. Freedom from those things of self that undermine your purpose. We bless you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Karabakarosotare asandama. O papara sandare alero bakalasitri sandama. O papara sandare alero bakalasitri sandama. O papara sandare alero bakalasitri sandama. O papara sandare alero bakalasitri Yes, 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 yes. O papara sandare alero bakalasitri sandama. 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 Oh, we praise you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. We praise your holy name. We praise your holy name. Now let's thank him for the freedom of the Spirit. Come on, thank him for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for where your Spirit is, there is freedom. And your Spirit lives within each one of us. So we can walk in the glorious liberty of the sons of God. And we praise you, we bless you, we exalt you. We glorify your name, Lord. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Papari a letter bacalasitri sandam. Oh, papara zandari a letter bacalasitri sandari a letter bacalasinama. Yes, 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 yes. It is for freedom you have set us free, Lord. Papara zandarama. Now, the Lord said to me recently. The evidence of walking in this freedom is contained in that scripture. Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in all circumstances, because this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. So this is the will of God for everybody who belongs to the Lord, everyone who is in Christ Jesus, to rejoice always. But people don't do that unless they're free. Unless their faith is in the blood and their faith is in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Then it doesn't matter what happens, what situation you're in, what challenges, what difficulties, you still rejoice in the Lord. Not necessarily rejoice in the circumstances, but you rejoice in the Lord because in all things he works together for good in the lives of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And we pray constantly. Why? Because we're ever conscious that Jesus has already done everything for our freedom or for the freedom of those to whom we're ministering in his name. 
And then, and this is, this is absolutely dynamically important, we give thanks in all circumstances. Because if you don't give thanks, then you don't really believe in the freedom that you can have in that situation. But the actual giving of thanks and rejoicing in the Lord demonstrates that you are walking by faith in your freedom, in the freedom that Jesus has won for you. So come on, let's rejoice in him and let's give thanks to him. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, 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 yes. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Popapara zandari alero bakalasidri zandari alero bakalasidri zandama. Oh, we bless you, Lord. We praise you. Papara zandara. Come on, let's thank God that He has equipped us to fulfill the will of God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Nothing in the whole of creation can separate us from your love. Thank you, Lord, that nothing can prevent the outworking of your will and purpose in our lives. And we bless you. We praise you. Thank you, Lord, that you make us men and women of faith. Faith that's working through love. And we give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. We bless your wonderful name. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Okay, off you go. Just meet with the Lord now. I come and I adore you, Christ the Lord, for you. Oh. Uh-huh. 
and follow. I will rise up and follow. Christ the Lord. Palaria leno ma santo palandama. Palaria leno ma santo papara satadia leto bacalasino ma. Palaria leno ma santo papara situ di santo ma. Palaria leno ma santo papara situ di santo ma. Palare eleno ma santo papa parasito di santo ma Alleluia 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 Pura la ma sandare eleno ma santo ma O papare elero bacalasito di santo O papare elero bacalasito di santo ma Chiri eleno ma santo Pura la nama sandari eleno masinuma. Ora la nama sandari eleno masitu di santo. Alleluia, alleluia. Cola la massa la mari eleno masantu. Colari eleno masandari eleno ma. Ora la masandari eleno masanduma. Ora la massandaria leno massino maranama Ora la massito di sandaria leno massanto papa parasito di santo Alleluia alleluia Polaria leno massanto papa parasito di santo ma Alleluia 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 Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, Papa, Papa, Santa, Rabba, Santa, Ma. Oh, Papa, Rasata, Pari, Eletopa. Oh, Papa, Papa, Sandari, Eletopa, Kalasina, Ma. Oh, Papa, Rasandari, Eletopa, Kalasita, Risandama. O papara sandaria lero bacalasito di sandama. O papara sandaria lero bacalasinama. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. It is for freedom. You have set us free. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Free to worship, free to know you, free to meet with you. Oh, free to love you, Lord. We bless your holy name. We praise your holy name. Oh, come on, let's give him glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com. 